ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Basefish Mafia. Basefish Mafia is an NFT that is a unique and non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a digital ledger. NFTs can be used to represent easily reproductive items such as photos, videos, audio, and other types of digital files as unique items. For more information, make sure you follow them on all social media platforms. Basefish Mafia, join the family. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo, man. It's 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 December. It's almost Christmas. I mean, I, I, I'm worried, man. I, I still got a lot of shopping to left. I don't know about you guys, uh, but dang, I love football so much, man. I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm doing great, man. I'm just it's just another day at the office for me. I love these this past week's games. We got a lot to talk about. Got a lot to catch up on, too. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I haven't done much Christmas shopping yet. I usually wait till the last minute, a couple hours before or, you know, the morning of to go shopping. So we'll see how it goes this week. All right. On this podcast episode, we'll be talking with Super Bowl winning head coach of the formerly known St. Louis Rams, Dick Vermeil, and also the CEO of Symbol Sports Exchange, Kenneth Giles, will join us as well. But first, let's talk about week 14 in the NFL. Let me get your guys' thoughts. Woo, man. Uh, I mean, if there is no other city that could say it, Houston, we got a problem. But Dallas, we got a problem. Uh, who else? Cardinals, we have a problem. I mean, I mean, when, when you look around, it just it, there's no real team leading the pack except for, you know, the Buccaneers and pa- uh, Packers right now, I think. Uh, but I will say this, uh, Kendall's Patriots have, have, you know, they've been getting the job done. So this is a season unlike any other, Uh, we thought 2020 was a crazy season, right? Because of all the, you know, no fans in the stands, but wow, this is 2021 has not failed to live up to it. And, uh, yeah, we're not even done yet. I want to talk about what about the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, have we ever seen a team hit so hard with these injuries? Um, Peter Marcus Peters, he, he was out at the beginning of the year. Then Marlon Humphrey, they got so many injuries going in. Lamar Jackson just got hurt against the, against the Browns this past Sunday. Like, and I think he's day to day, but I don't think he practiced today. I'm not sure. I don't think he practiced today. 
Like it's not looking good for Baltimore. And I think they're they have what are they eight and four or eight and five? One of them they got I want to say they got five losses, but it's not looking good right now for the Baltimore Ravens. It, it is not looking good. They lost to Pittsburgh, just lost to Cleveland. They're on a two-game losing streak. Um, but Baltimore's one of those tough, uh, those tough grind out teams. So that it's, it's next man up. And I think if any if any team can do it, and if any team can can make a win with that, I think it'd be Baltimore. But um, Baltimore's definitely a team to keep our own going down the stretch. Yeah, and uh, I mean, let's just talk about really quick about last Thursday night's football game last week between the Minnesota Vikings and Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I mean, at one point, Minnesota was up 29-0. Pittsburgh almost came back, uh, but unfortunately was not able to tie up the game. And then, you know, how about the San Francisco 49ers going into Cincinnati and beating the Bengals in overtime? And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a huge part in that. Man, <laughs> what's up with these teams, man? And you know, at the beginning of the year, we we we're we're, we're calling them, you know, um, Super Bowl favorites, and then they have like some bad team. They have they have a a little span where they hit that wall, and they had they come away with some bad losses, and then they they're back up again. Uh, another t- another team out there that that I guess kind of, I guess we could throw into that blender would be the Vikings too. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, at one point, everybody kind of demiled, but then they started they started surging and then it's like what is going on are we ready this is the question i'm going to ask you are we ready to trust them no absolutely not no i gotta agree to that no i don't i don't think so (laughs) well i mean speaking of teams of trust what's going on with buffalo wow i was just about to say that about buffalo i mean what they've lost what two in a row how i mean how how is it and i mentioned this on last show that you lost the you lost to the Patriots, Bill Belichick and Matt Jones and, and the rest of the Patriots team, and then you lose that same week, that same calendar week, you lose to a former Patriot, Tom um, Tom Brady, and I mean that game was a blowout for the most part, and I mean you could say Buffalo got some garbage time yardage and points, but they made the game in the end and actually went in overtime, mm-hmm. so that's it, it was it was a crazy game. I thought I thought Buffalo, I had a feeling Buffalo might pull it out in overtime, but I mean it, it never came to fruition, to fruition or whatnot, and the goat Tom Brady. Sealed it off. He closed it out with a um, touchdown pass to um, Brashard Pyramid. So yeah. it, it was a pretty good game. Yeah, and one of the ways that Buffalo was able to get back into the game was uh, running Josh Allen. Uh, but then he, uh, I think he hurt his ankle, his foot uh, towards the end of the game. But ultimately, of course, Tom Brady in overtime throws a touchdown pass, and um, and that's the way the game ends. Yeah, Tom Brady being the goat. Yeah, and then the uh, I'm sorry, the Chicago Bears. Coming out quick, I think they were up, uh, you know, ten to zero against the Green Bay Packers, and that was a high scoring affair. Hey, and that game looked like it was kind of like it, it could it could go in the go Bears either way. Yeah. So I mean, it just shows you, you know, you can't like you, especially with the pack a uh, uh, quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, you give them the ball to, and they got to win the game. Who's going to win the game? And that's what these yeah. that's what these that's what these two guys do. And it's crazy, right? Because they're old. They're old. They're 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 ones already mid forties are going to be mid forties pretty soon, and the other one is about to enter his forties, and they're dominating the sport like crazy. It just who's to think, right? So that was a crazy game. I mean, I, I mean, I think Chicago's up ten zip to start the game. Yeah, yeah it was ten zero quick. Then I know Robert Quinn, I believe, did the um, did the did the. The, 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 the double check the championship, but yeah, he did it there, Roger. And things just went south from there. Now, if you take out the special teams touchdowns that Chicago had, 
the game really was a blowout from probably the first half. It really was. I know. Um, I think uh, Fields had a couple of touchdowns, but take out those special team touchdowns and the yardage. Green Bay dominated Chicago. And it seemed like I think how many times have they beat? They probably beat them up by probably by eight or ten nine straight damn times. Well, I mean, like they all, is that another team that Aaron Rodgers owns, or is that the team? That he that's owns? the same team he owns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, he owns that whole division. I no, think the does. Vikings are the only team that's still a chance against Green Bay. I can't believe we took two minutes talking about the Chicago Bears. All right, let's go and move along to uh, <laughs> Monday night's football action uh, between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams had some COVID issues with uh, star cornerback Jalen Ramsey and also tight end Tyler Higby uh, that were not able to play in that game. And after the game, Odell Beckham Jr. of the Rams tested positive for COVID-19. So now he joins multiple players that will be out, at least for this week. But the team that's dealing with the most COVID-19 issues are the Cleveland Browns. 14 players, including quarterback Baker Mayfield and head coach Kevin Stefanski, all tested positive and all are going to be more than likely not be able to attend the game on Saturday as a desperate Las Vegas Raiders visit Cleveland to try to get a win and possibly make a playoff push. Yeah, this game is, is Mike can call it the, damn, the COVID game with all this news is coming out. I mean, this is it's getting crazy, man. I mean, the Browns got better stars out. I don't Baker's not gonna play Case Keenum. I mean, Kate, though we can't sleep on Case Keenum. He's a starter in this league. Hey, he might be better. I mean, at this point. I mean, I know Baker's got the injury going on. One would say himself. that. One would say that. So, I mean, we just have to see. Uh, but like Fidel said, the Browns, I mean, there's no way the Raiders should win this game. I mean, the, I mean, and the Browns still got the run against, still got Chubb. Is Hunt? I don't know if Hunt's playing or what. He's, he's gonna be out. Okay. Hey, but Case Keenum knows Case Keenum knows a little bit about them Raiders too. Yeah, so it uh, it should be a pretty decent game and whatnot. So you know we just we just have to see. Yeah, I mean I think the game of the weekend though is, gonna, is later on that Saturday afternoon uh, between the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts. Man, but you know it, I'll tell you this, <laughs> I feel bad for the Colts. I know that Jonathan Taylor's had a spectacular season. I think he's his name has been up there with the, for for an MVP right candidate. Uh, but that that. That Patriots defense is going to shut that down. And I felt bad because Michael Pittman looked like he was having a good season too. And uh, J.C. Jackson is going to shut that down too. So it's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to come down to can can Carson Wentz shake his mental breakdowns and be able to get the ball when he needs to pass and allow the running game to, to, to build up. I, I will say this uh, real quick, Kendall, before uh, I'll let you chime in about the Patriots. I think in this game, in order for the Patriots to win, Mac Jones is going to have to throw the football. Yes, I completely agree. You took it right out of my mouth. Took it right out of my mouth. That's what I'm going to say. Um, last time we seen Mac Jones in the Patriots play, Mac Jones threw the ball three times for 19 yards, I believe. <laughs> that's not going to happen this week. The code, that, that, that's not going to happen. You're that's playing what... in a nice environment. It's going to be a dome. Nice. I mean, it's perfect, perfect. So, I mean, Mac Jones, hey, who knows? <laughs> you never know what's been from the page. Might, they might come out shotgun and throw the ball 50 times this game. Shit, they ran it about 40, 50 times last time. You don't know. They might just do it just for the hell of it because we ran it so much last time. But you know the coach know that the Patriots are not going to run the ball like that again. They're probably going to open it up a little bit. This is a tough game for my New England Patriots, for the New England Patriots. This is a tough game. You know, this is a real tough game. They put their coats in the Patriots 
are two similar teams. I just hopped off of IG Live about an hour, about an hour ago with a coach fan, and he said the same thing. This is a tough game. Um, he's a big-time coach fan and whatnot. Shout out to Coach Talk, Coach Shock on YouTube. I'll make sure y'all go follow him and subscribe and whatnot. But, hey, this right here is going to be – this is a tough game. Both teams are similar. Um, Carson Wentz versus Matt Jones, it's going to come down to who do, who do you trust more. But I think if the Patriots can contain Jonathan Taylor, and we can't sleep on Naheem Hines either, but I think if they can contain Jonathan Taylor, J.C. Jets, I think he'll do a pretty good job with Michael Pittman. Can't sleep. They still got T.Y. Hilton, Zach Pascal. They got two decent tight ends too. That I don't think get a lot of talk. I don't think a lot of people don't a lot of people don't talk about them. But Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox, they they can ball. They can play. And the coach defense, the coach they play a lot of cover too. They play a lot of cover too. Like they keep they play a lot of zone. They keep like to keep the eyes on the quarterback. Keep everything in front of. Well, that that I mean that might that matches up with the Patriots one. They don't want to take deep shots. They, they, they don't like taking deep shots like that, and they like the dink and duck. You want that Matt dink and duck and the field? I think, hey, Josh McDaniels and Matt, they're fine doing that. So I think it'll be a pretty good game. And I think this is a tight end game for the Patriots. Look out for John o. Smith and Hunter Henry to have a huge impact on this game. Yeah, and right now the, the Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over or over and under is 45 points. Hey, we almost forgot to talk about tomorrow night's football game uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. A couple of COVID issues going on right now. Uh, Keenan Allen's actually going to be able to play. He's off the COVID-19 list. But Chris Jones, star defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's going to be out. Man, they need him. Uh, he's the one who – Slater is out. Rashawn Slater's oh, out for the – Oh, yeah, Rashawn Slater. Oh, yes, and that's the other one. But but that defense, that Chiefs defense, they've had a little bit of a surge. It all started when they played the Dallas Cowboys, and they've been building up that momentum. It all started off with Chris Jones. Without Chris Jones, that defense, I don't know, I don't know how if we could trust them as much. So this is going to be a very telling, telling, telling game. And we've seen the issues that these Chargers have. It's just a, they, they for whatever reason they they still have a bleed over of of the last couple of seasons not being able to finish the, finish these games off. You know they can put the they can they can put some nice points up on the board. Dang, when you're when you're going against the Chiefs, you got to be able to close these things out, man. What are you guys liking the matchup? I was quick, gonna go before okay. we get on this. Which injury do y'all think hurts more, Chris Jones for the Chiefs or Slater for the Chargers? Which well, I mean, one of y'all a bigger impact? Well, when you kind of think about it, it might cancel each other out because they would kind of Chris would force if he was if he were to be playing, the Chargers offensive line would have some issues, right? But because now he's going to be out. I think that kind of just even things out. Uh, but I, I think uh, the charge, Rashawn Slater being out, I think is going to be the one that's going to you know hurt them a little bit more. I would have to agree. Um, but I will say this, uh, go to go off your prediction, as much as I've seen the Chiefs, they're still struggling. Uh, I still cannot count out Patrick Mahomes. And, man, you know what? They are struggling. I mean, they're struggling to get going. These last couple of games have been carried by the defense. So, uh, but when you look around the NFL, it looks like a lot of teams are, are 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 doing the same thing. You know, who knows? Some of the teams that are winning right now, maybe they would have these same situations. But you know, their offensive schemes are a little bit different than than these right now, right? Which is these yeah. quarterbacks are, you know, we're used to these quarterbacks airing it out for you know 400 yards a game, which is unmatted if, if numbers. The Chargers beat the Chiefs, they they would complete the season sweep of the Chiefs, and they're probably going to take that division. Real quick, I want to ask: do, do, would the, Wouldn't the Chargers move up to the second spot right now? No, the third spot because I think the third, the third, um, the third seed. Oh, what? 
or would would it how would it affect that? Hmm. That's a good question. Let's take uh, a look at that. Just a second, I'll be yeah. able to tell you that. Yeah, because right now the Chiefs are the third seed, Tennessee the second seed, I believe. Yeah, I think Tennessee's so, going to fall out of that place. I think pick. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think it's All the right. Chargers. So right now the Chiefs are in third place. Obviously, they're on top of the AFC West at nine and four. And the Chargers are eight and five. Eight and five. So yeah, you're right. So then if they if the Chargers were to beat the Chiefs, they would switch spots. Thursday. That, that would be pretty much wrapping up the division as far as the divisional head of head. And the AFC could be chaos these last few weeks. Yeah. Okay. And then I mean chaos. Yeah, because if the O's beat the Patriots, the Patriots would fall all the way to like probably second or third. Yeah, I mean, obviously we still have a lot of you know, a couple of weeks ago left in the regular season, mm-hmm. and the playoff seating I think is going to change. Mm-hmm. And we do have some breaking news: the Jacksonville Jaguars have fired head coach Urban Meyer. Obviously, it's been a very rocky relationship to say the least. Uh, Urban has done a you know a multiple things just off the wall things that a head coach should not do. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I will mention a couple. Uh, Didn't travel with the team after the week four loss to Cincinnati. Viral videos and photos emerge of him with another woman other than his wife. Report says he called his coaches losers. Argument with Marvin Jones. He benched James Robinson and former kicker goes on record and says that mayor once kicked him and told him, hey, dipshit, make your effing kicks. The nightmare now is over in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer finishes with the NFL head coaching record of 2-11. and 11. Coming up next, my one-on-one interview with Super Bowl winning head coach of the formerly known St. Louis Rams, Dick Vermeil. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Coach Ramil, thank you so much for giving me some time of, you know, your busy schedule. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's always fun to talk football. Yeah. So, Coach, how's life been treating you after retirement? Good. You know, I live in Pennsylvania. I have a large piece of ground that we bought a long time ago, and I really enjoy it. And, you know, I've been in the wine business. It's a hobby, and friends of mine turned my hobby into a full-fledged business, and that's why we're here in Fresno right now with, with Michael Savier. I'm an old, old friend of his dad. Frank Savier, and um, so we had a lot of fun. We had an uh, event last night. About 50 people came here and drank five different varieties of Vermeil wines, and that keeps me a little busy, and I stay involved with friends in football and, and players. And now my problem is I'm so old, some of my players are passing away, so that is sad. Yeah, so let, let's talk about the NFL. So do you still keep up with that? Oh, yeah. I follow it uh, through my – I still have some friends coaching that I know well. Some of them work for me. And that are coaching as assistants on other staffs. I'm a little closer to uh, a few of the young head coaches that I 
gotten to know. So it's a fun. I, it creates uh, a deeper interest on Sunday when I watch all the games. Of course. So, I mean, since you do still keep up with the NFL, what have you thought about the NFL season so far? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm really impressed with is the quality of the wide receiver in the league today is unbelievable. You know, I, I was a head coach for 15, an assistant for four. So that's 19 years in the NFL. And, it's, you know, I've had one Hall of Fame wide receiver, two Hall of Fame wide receivers, and a third one will probably go in this year in Torrey Holt. But the way they catch the ball today, you know, in the old days you didn't throw a ball to a covered wide receiver. Now you throw it and expect them to catch it anyway. And then they catch the ball that no one used to catch. So they, they make the quarterbacks better. Uh, and they give the quarterbacks more options to throw the ball. And the, the sophistication of the passing game is uh, far ahead of what it was, even with my great offensive team with the Rams and the world championship team. They just keep doing more. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the Rams. So obviously, Kurt Warner has a biopic coming out uh, actually on Christmas Day. Uh, it's called The American uh, Underdog, I believe. Right. Um, let's just talk about that team, the way you went yeah. through Trent Green to tearing his ACL yeah. against the Chargers in the preseason, yeah. and then in goes Kurt Warner. Yeah, well, you know, I've already seen the movie twice. Look, I hosted it. Yeah, I hosted it in Philadelphia. I'm going to Canton, Ohio on uh, December 15th or 16th to host another uh, viewing of it. They call it a screening for selective uh, invited fans and, and people. And it's very well done, very well done. As you said, it'll come out uh, at Christmas Day. But uh, that's fun. But, you know, Kurt Warner is a unique story, and they did a good job of telling it. It's a lot more to Kurt Warner and the story in the movie than just his football side of it. But it's an amazing story. But, uh, you know, he went, uh, he was, the, in the movie they leave out the first year he was with us which was my second year at the Rams. He was our third quarterback at that time. And then uh, he took over as the starting quarterback our third year there uh, when Trent Green went down against the Chargers in a preseason game. And from, from there he became the starter, and from there he shocked us all. I thought he could play. No way did I know he could play like he could play. You know, most of the time if you're impressed, or a lot of the times, if you're really impressed with a guy on a practice field, especially at the quarter position, you always say to yourself, well, I probably can't do that in a game. He's never done it before. He was a really kid, you know, and, that, and all of a sudden he does it better in the game than he does on the practice field. So there aren't many like him, and there may never be another one. Who would be the most memorable player that you've coached in, in, you know, in your entire coaching career? Either UCLA with the Rams or with the Eagles. Yeah. Or well, you Chiefs. know, the, to me, my memorable players are memorable kids. They're just great kids. And it wasn't always based on the evaluation of how well he played the game. It was just the kind of person he was. Marvin Kendricks was here last night. Uh, oh, I coached it? him at UCLA 51 years ago. His two sons are great quarterbacks in the NFL, making a lot of money. And he was, to me, one of my favorite players of that era, just because of the kind of person he was. But I, I've been around so many of them. I lost one last night, passed away, and Claude Humphrey. Yeah. God bless him. He was a great football player, Hall of Famer, and a unique, wonderful human being. And so I've had so many. The Jaworskis, the, the Burgies, who just had major surgery on his jaw this week. My age group now are starting to have health issues, you know, and yeah. Wilbert Montgomery, Marshall Falk, you know, Tony Gonzalez, Willie Rowe, well, Will Shields. I can name so many guys that so positively influenced me in my career. My high school players, you know, 
Don Lighting, Michael Comfort, Bob Christopherson, these kind of kids. Uh, just, to me, great people that happened to play football, and I had the opportunity to be around them. You know. What's the greatest memory of your coaching career? Greatest single mer- uh, memory? Or one that stands out from the rest. Not, not necessarily the best, but just something that you were... Well, that stands out to me probably is the Rose Bowl at UCLA and Ohio State had beaten us soundly in the regular season and then we upset them in the Rose Bowl. It's still considered the biggest upset in the history of yeah. the Rose Bowl. And that game, you know, at that time, at my age, I was my head coach, I was my offensive coordinator, I coached the quarterback. You did it all. And you were so deeply involved. I'll never forget that day and consider that one of my greatest thrills. Uh, the next game comes to, uh, I, I love the challenge games. We played the Pittsburgh Steelers world champions in 79 as I was at Philadelphia. They were 4-0 coming out of a world championship. No one had beaten them and they came to Philadelphia and we had made the playoffs for the first time in 78 and we upset the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a huge, huge win for us with that great team and it, Helped us, you know, the NFC Championship game, and we beat Dallas, was an unbelievable experience for us. And we went on to the Super Bowl and lost. Uh, then, of course, Super Bowl thirty-four. You know, I had a great football team. I, I, I've never gone into a game in my life so confident we could win it. And it was a great football team. Mike Martz ran the offense and did a spectacular job that year. And uh, without him, we probably don't go. Jim Hannafin was on that staff. Al Saunders, Wilbur Montgomery coaching for me, John Ramsdale. The defensive staff, led by Peter Junta and John Bunning, did a great job. Nobody gave our defensive team much credit. But, you know, the last two games, we didn't score many points. Uh, against the NFC, we, uh, yeah, NFC yeah. Championship game against yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Back years, yeah. We were fortunate to win, but our defense won it, yeah. not our offense. Yeah. And we go to the Super Bowl, and our defense had to make the final yeah. play to win the game. So, but, uh, you know, I, I those kind of games, Hillsdale High School against, championship game against uh, – Cappuccino, Thanksgiving Day at the Berlin game field right across from the airport in San Mateo there. I remember that like it was yesterday. So I I have so many wonderful memories that are fun to think about. And it keeps you motivated. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice that you can give someone that's, uh, you know, that wants to be head coach um, one day, either college football or the NFL? Uh, What's the best advice that you can give them? Well, be, be willing to learn, uh, listen, uh, care, make sure your players know you care about them, put their thoughts and their health and welfare in front of how well they play, and then teach them to play better within <clears throat> as you try to help them become better men. You know, I think the whole thing with Mike, which I learned from John Wooden, it's just the best coaches always don't win the most games. The best coaches are the people that make the best people out of the people they have and do the best job of making them the best they could be. They're the best coaches. And I, I tried to do that and surround myself with people that could uh, help me be a better coach and, and help me produce better results. <clears throat> it wasn't always about me, yeah. about your organization and people, bringing people together. Yeah, it was fun. And before I let you go, we got to talk about Vermeil Wine. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, born and raised in Calistoga, Okay, and I, I grew up helping my grandfather Vermeil, my dad's side of the family, make our own family wines. And the grapes came from the Freddie Annie Vineyard in Calistoga, which is still there. It's now a 170-acre vineyard. Well, my great-grandfather on the Italian side of my family, Garibaldo Icari, 
owned a portion of that vineyard at one time. So we still picked that same area, not the same vines, but the same area. And I was making wine, I actually first bottling as a hobby was 1999 with On The Edge Winery, who's married into the Freddie Annie family. And he was making that 150, 200 cases a year, a Jean-Louis Vermeil Cabernet, my dad's name and my great grandfather's on the French side of the family's name and selling it as his Cabernet. And if I wanted some, I bought it just like it was a retail customer. And we did that for a number of years. And then some friends of mine, entrepreneurs that were very successful, said, let's take your hobby and turn it into a business. And that's what we did in 2008. Now we make anywhere from 1,700 to 2,500 cases of wine a year, depending on the harvest. Uh, this last year harvest was down, and we'll probably bottle almost 1,800 cases of wine. Uh, we have a great winemaking team, and, and Thomas Brown, who I call the uh, Bill Belichick of the Napa Valley, and Andy Jones, his winemaker that does the hands-on stuff. Uh, they do a great job. We bottle now at Mendingwall Winery. We make it there. Uh, Thomas Brown is a partner in that winery. He has his own label, Rivers Marie, which everyone knows about. He's very famous at what he does. And we're making very good wines. Our, our, our reds are getting grazed, usually from 94 to 96. We're hoping to get the upper category. Category one time. <laughs> the one grape uh, we don't have at the Freddie Annie Vineyard, a Chardonnay grape, we get from Dutton Ranch in Russian River area in Sonoma County and uh, uh, make a great Chardonnay, make a Sauvignon Blanc. And uh, so that we do that now as a business. Now I have to work at it <laughs> and I enjoy it. It gives me something to do, get up and think about and organize my mind. Yeah. Now, for anybody looking to purchase these wines, where can they do that? Well, you can get it, uh, we have a Napa tasting room. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ten eighteen First Street. Andrew Curry and Kayla Jordan run it. Uh, Andrew's here putting on the event last night and today. Uh, or you go and just Google Romeo Wines. It's not an expensive wine. It's not for everybody because little guys making high end wines. Uh, you've got to make it well. You've got to make it worth the price. Our Cabernet, two top Cabernets, one hundred thirty five dollars a bottle. But it will. Those two bottles of Cabernet will drink with three hundred dollar bottles of wine and more. I've I've compared them with people. And they agree with me. And I don't brag about it. That's just, we make quality wine. We just don't make very much of it. See, the two the Cabernets we're pouring today, there's 135 cases of one of them, 145 cases of the other. So oh. there's a, not a lot of it. And so it, it, you have to be able to afford it. We uh, tried to do some wholesale selling into restaurants and distributors. That with low volume, we just, we, you couldn't make it pay. Yeah. It cost us more money to deliver and, and service the accounts than it did that we can make to make the, you know, any profit at all. So we don't do that. We sell, right now we sell about 90% of our wine direct out of our wine club. We have about 380 wine club members now that get three deliveries a year, a three bottle delivery or a six bottle delivery, a 12 bottle delivery or the, the three, uh, four of the three different Cabernets. So it's, you know, and we signed two club members last night. Excellent. Being here, hopefully we'll sign a couple more today. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, well Coach Vermeil, I just want to say thank you so much for, you know, giving me a little bit of your time. Okay, I know you're a busy pleasure. man, so just no, want to I'm say thank busy. you. I don't, and, I'm and, not busy anymore. And, I, I'm doing what I knew compared. I know what busy is. This yeah. is not busy. This is fun. It, yeah. well, it's been an honor and a privilege thank to you, talk Bill. to you. So I thanks appreciate so much. the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Coming up next. CEO of Symbol Sports Exchange, Kenneth Giles, joins us. But first, a word from our sponsor.
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Basefish Mafia. Basefish Mafia is an NFT that is a unique and non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a digital ledger. NFTs can be used to represent easily reproductive items such as photos, videos, audio, and other types of digital files as unique items. For more information, make sure you follow them on all social media platforms. Basefish Mafia, join the family. All right, and our guest tonight is the CEO of Symbol Sports Exchange, Kenneth Gills. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? I appreciate you having me on. Hey, we appreciate you coming on the show. And go ahead and tell us what, what Symbol is. Yeah, super excited about uh, partnering with you guys in Network. We're super pumped to, to get in front of your audience uh, and introduce your audience to Symbol. So best way to describe it is Symbol is a stock market for sports. So our platform uh, allows fans to buy and sell, to trade uh, shares of professional and collegiate sports teams, just like they'd trade cryptocurrencies or companies in the stock market. So our goal is to allow fans to invest in their favorite team, allow people to profit off their sports knowledge in a stock market fashion. How did this idea come about? Yeah, absolutely. So my background actually before I worked on Symbol, uh, I actually worked in investing. So investing was my professional career, but I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. If you're watching, I don't know if this is going to be video, but if you're watching, I'm a huge Packers fan. Uh, I was a big fancy sports player, big sports gambler, something I like to do in my free time. Uh, and what I realized basically last year is more and more people, younger people were getting into investing, whether it be through cryptocurrencies, whether it be through NFTs, whether it be in the stock market through Robinhood, all that stuff. Uh, and what I realized is a lot of people who got into investing didn't really know what they were doing, right? They're not passionate about reading balance sheets, they're not passionate about companies, but they know everything there is to know about football, basketball, baseball, et cetera. So what we want to do is create a platform that allows sports fans to get that same entertainment value, the same ability to make money like in the stock market, but with something they know a lot more about, which is sports, right? Instead of competing against hedge funds and suits in the stock market, they can compete against sports fans and to see who has the biggest sports knowledge or the most sports knowledge, which is why we started Symbol. So it basically blends two passions of mine, right? Investing and sports and uh, came about from there. So, I mean, how much money do you, do you actually need to buy these, these stocks and these sports teams? Yeah, good question. So, uh, right now, uh, the cheapest team in our market is about $20. So, if you just want to come in and buy one team, uh, you need at least $20. Uh, the most expensive team right now is, I think, the, the Chiefs uh, at about $50, $52, somewhere around there. Um, so, anywhere in that range. But in the next, uh, I would say, probably four to six weeks, we're going to introduce fractional trading, which will allow people to come in with just a couple dollars by fractional share of the team, which will be super exciting for people that don't want to dive in with $10,000. That's one thing that we do want to make clear is you don't need to come in, right? We're not a 401k. We're not a savings account. You don't need to come in with all your money. Uh, we're just a platform that allows fans to buy either share their favorite team or, you know, use their sports knowledge to buy one or two teams or 10 teams. It's really up to them. So let's just say I invest money. Well, let's just say since you're one of Green Bay Packers, what are Green Bay Packers, right? Um, just let's just say in a couple of weeks, I want to sell or kind of, you know, or take my money back. So how does that process exactly work? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll dive into that in just a second. But first, let me just explain. There's two ways to make money in our market. Um, so that's kind of the first thing to understand is how do you make money with symbol? Uh, so the first is what we call win payouts. So every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout, very similar to a dividend from a company. So Say you own a share of the Green Bay Packers. They beat the Bears this Sunday night. I'm actually going to be at the game. Super excited about it. Uh, but they beat the Bears this Sunday night. You earn 50 cents per share per win. 
So for every NFL team you own, every time they win, you earn 50 cents. So say you own a share of the Packers at the beginning of the year, they go on to win 10 games. You're going to earn $5. So 50 cents per share for will be $5. And that's indefinite. That's year to year. Our shares don't expire. So that's the first way to make money is through win payouts. So for NFL win payouts, it's 50 cents per share per win. For NBA win payouts, it's 10 cents per share per win because there's more games in the NBA than the NFL, right? And then MLB is 5 cents per share per win. Um, so that's the first way to make money is through those win payouts. So that's every time a team you own wins. The second way to make money is through the share price appreciation. So the whole idea of buying low and selling high, right? You buy a team that the market undervalues. You say, hey, you know what? I really like this team for the future. Say you buy them at $30, they improve, they win more games, people like their future outlook, they could rise up to $40 and you could sell them for a profit. So that's the second way to make money on our market is to buy low and sell high. Now, that's also the way you can lose money, right? So say you buy into, you know, a good example last year or a bad example is the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott got hurt out for the year. That stock went down about 10% because people are looking yeah. at the Cowboys like, well, without Dak with his busted angle, you know, I don't know what he's going to be in the future. So I'm, they're not as valuable anymore to me. Right. So that's where you can make money or lose money on the share price appreciation. So back to your original question. Once you buy a team, you can hold that team to earn win payouts. Or if you want to sell them because either, you know, you think they're overvalued or you think you can get a good price for them, you can just go back and sell it to the market. So our market's peer to peer, meaning you're trading with other users in the market, uh, uh, which makes it really easy to buy and sell these teams. Hey, and that's really that's really cool because I mean when you think about it, it's like the stock market. So maybe someone that's looking to actually and you know invest in the stock market, but they don't know exactly how to do, or maybe they feel a little bit intimidated by doing that. I mean, this would be good practice. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that we uh uh kind of talk about. We're not replacing the stock market. That's not what we're trying to do, right? We're an entertainment platform. Yeah. We want people to make money out their sports knowledge, right? You play fantasy sports you know, you gamble and then you can you know, go participate in the symbol stock market, right? It's another way to put your money to use uh, for sports. But if you are looking to learn the basic principles of stock market investing, but you don't really know what you're doing, right? You don't know how to open a Robinhood account and go buy, you know, stocks at companies you don't know about. This is a great way to learn the principles, right? Because you have the whole buy low and sell high. You've got win payouts, which are similar to dividends, right? You have the ability to, to value these teams, right? Who's overvalued, who's undervalued. It gives you a really good basis to learn how, you know, stocks work, how the market works. Uh, and that's something that we're really excited about uh, going forward. Hey, Kenneth, appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Kendall. So um, the symbol, how long have you been with them? And like, what is like, what's, what's the end goal up for symbol? Yeah, absolutely. So we launched, so I'm one of the original three co-founders. Uh, there's three of us originally. Now there's uh, six of us working on it, which has been exciting. We launched in September of 2020. So we've been around for just over 15 months. Uh, so last September, uh, excuse me, two Septembers ago, 2020, uh, we started with NFL. We then expanded to NBA, MLB, college football, and now hockey. So we've got five uh, sports on our platform. The goal for the next couple of years is to continue to expand into all the other sports. So we want to launch college basketball. We want to get into soccer, uh, eventually some of the other smaller sports. Um, like rugby up and coming, lacrosse up and coming, MLS soccer, Premier League. Um, so we want to continue launching sports like that and eventually keep growing the market to offer more and more uh, uh, products like individual players, uh, different lengths of market. So right now the symbol market's indefinite, right? Our shares, you can hold them for one day, one year, five years, it's up to you. Uh, we want to be able to launch different length markets. So whether it be a five-year market, a 10-year market, uh, that stuff's down the road, uh, but continue growing the platform to the goal.
And which sport would you say has been the most like people come in when they come into simple, they, they, they're interested in that sport, investing to that sport? Yeah, absolutely. NFL right now is king, um, just based on our demographic, where a lot, a lot of where we've been advertising, but also right, in, we're in the United States and, and NFL is king right now. Uh, second most popular sport is definitely NBA right now, which is interesting. Um, so the other thing to know about our platform is it is seasonal, right? So when you earn win payouts, it happens when teams you own win. So a lot of times what people will do is they'll transition with the seasons. So right now the NBA is really hot because they're earning a lot of win payouts. They're in season. Now, when the spring comes along, people will transition out of NBA into MLB so they can continue earning these win payouts all year round. So uh, a lot of the market's pretty seasonal, uh, but the cool thing about our market is it is 24 seven, 365, which is one of the things that we absolutely love about it. Right. So uh, what are things that impact share prices? You know, you have the draft, you have free agency, you have trades. So the NBA free agency is absolutely wild, right? Cause NBA has the best free agency. So NBA off season, super exciting. People love the NFL draft. So the NFL is really exciting around that March, April time period. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another cool thing about our market is 24 seven, 365. Appreciate it. Kenneth. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Kenneth. And, you know, just, you know, speaking about the NFL offseason, what about the draft? So let's just say, you know, you buy stock low on this quarterback. He has a great pro day. Um, I mean, do you guys have any plans for maybe to start doing that to like, you know, I guess you can buy stock in certain players. Yeah. So right now we're just team based Uh, in the future. The goal is to launch individual players. That's probably a year or two away, depending on uh, on growth. Um, One of the cool things we like about the team specific market and why we started with that is every individual player impacts the team price, right? So it's much more encompassing than just an individual player. So a great example, during the, this past NFL draft, the Bears traded up for Justin Fields. That night on draft night, the Bears' share price went up over 10% in our market because oh, wow. people looked at it like, oh my yeah. gosh, the Bears, if Justin Fields is good, like super valuable, you know, I, I want to buy in the Bears now. And, you know, Justin Fields has gone in or out, but, you know, Matt Nagy's probably going to yeah. be fired, um, all that stuff. But that's the cool thing about a market. Now, on the flip side of that, uh, that was like a, a success story of draft night. Like Bears draft Justin Fields, stock price goes up. Yeah. The opposite was my team. Uh, obviously, it came out that Aaron Rodgers, those rumors, he doesn't want to play with the Pags anymore. He's not going to show up for training camp. All yeah. The Packers on draft night dropped over 15%. So that's kind of the cool thing. And then they recovered because obviously they're playing well and Rodgers is yeah. back. But that's the cool thing about our market is people reacting to news, reacting to individual players, reacting to trades, free agencies, uh, uh, injuries, all that stuff. Okay. Well, well, Kenneth, so since we have you on and you are a Green Bay Packers fan, let's talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers. So obviously uh, you guys are one of the best teams right now in the NFC. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is dealing with the toe injury, is broken, fractured. I mean, I know the Packers were on a bye week last week and he was seen in LA speaking with the specialist. Just want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I am not too worried about it. I actually listened to uh, his interview on Pat McAfee today. He doesn't seem too stressed about it, but, you know, it doesn't really seem like anything stresses the guy. Um, But honestly, he's been playing well even with it the past couple weeks. There hasn't been too big a concern. Um, So I'm not too worried about it overall. I'm honestly more worried about the injuries that are starting to stack up uh, on the offensive line, right? Since the beginning of the year, Packers, the Packers have had three starting linemen pretty much not play for the last four weeks. Um, so I think that's a bigger concern probably as a team than, than Rogers toe. Yeah. But you guys haven't skipped the beat and you know, AJ Dillon looked really, you looked really good against the Rams. Uh, obviously, you know, high draft pick last year. Um, I mean, how do you feel that your guys' chances are to make it to the Super Bowl? 
Uh, I'm optimistic. Honestly, you know, I think all the chips are on the table. This is pretty much it. If you look at the Packers cap space and all that stuff, like it's pretty much this year or else there's going to be some dark days ahead. So I'm optimistic. I still think, call me biased. I still think they were better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year in the playoffs. Buccaneers obviously got hot and Tom Brady's tough to beat in the playoffs. Um, but I think that was pretty much a toss up game, right? If you play that game 10 times, I think it's five and five. Um, so down the stretch, I think the Packers have a pretty good chance. I think the Bucks are the biggest threat in the NFC. Um, they're starting to get hot at the right time. That offense looks pretty good. And then obviously the Cardinals are, are going to be there, be there down the stretch too, but it should be an exciting playoffs. If, if it's a team in the NFC, in the NFC that you do not want to see, who would it be? Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It's like, I, I, you know, I've lived my life as a fan in the NFC. So you always look at the AFC and you're like, ah, Tom Brady's the boogeyman of the AFC East and all that stuff. Then he comes over and he wins a Super Bowl and you're like, man, that would suck to play against him every freaking year. And it seems like that's what it's going to be. I, I would guess that the Bucs are going to be there, be there down the stretch. Um, and hopefully the game's in Lambeau again, because I think that will provide a little bit of an advantage. But I think it'll be tough to beat Brady again in the playoffs. The biggest question, obviously, that, you know, that there's going to be this offseason is the future of Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts? As you stand, is he going? Are we buying stock? Are we going to sell stock? I mean, buying high, selling low? So that's what's interesting, actually. You know, bringing it back to Symbol, you know, one of the great things about Symbol is you can make these longer-term bets on what you think is going to happen, right? So if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to leave, then you probably would be selling them right now or, or, not, or not buying them. Where if you think he's going to stick around, sign another deal, get a little bit happier, then it might be a great time to buy. Because right now the Packers are like the 12th highest priced team in the NFL market. So clearly the market's leaning towards him not coming back. So if you think he's going to come back, now would be a great time to buy. Here's where I think I'm at. No one really knows. I would say he's closer to coming back for another year with Green Bay or finishing his career on Green Bay where we stand now than he was week one, right? I think the, the front office is letting him do stuff. They're winning games. If they sign, you know, they already signed Bakhtiari as friend. You know, if they signed Devontae Adams, I think he's more likely to stick around. But it would not shock me at all. If, if they win the Super Bowl, I could see him either retiring um, or coming back for another run. If they lose the NFC Championship, I think he's gone. All right, Kenneth. So, you know, just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, we're excited to have a, you know, this partnership with Symbol, uh, East, West, and Symbol, uh, having this great partnership. Tell the audience, how can they find you on social media and also the website? Yeah, so absolutely. That way they can start buying and selling. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Uh, so website, www.symbol.com. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Uh, you can go check account, or excuse me, go check out the website. It's a free account. Uh, so you can go ahead and sign up, poke around, see how it works. Um, and then if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at Symbol Exchange on Twitter. That's at S-I-M-B-U-L-L Exchange on Twitter. Um, and then also customer-service at symbol.app is our uh, email. So if you have any questions about how the market works, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, go ahead and give us that follow on, on Twitter. We tweet out daily stuff about how the market works, give tips, give you know some analysis. So if you're hesitant on like, oh, I don't know how this works, uh, definitely give us a follow on Twitter and go check out the website because it is a daily market. It's moving. The best way to learn about it is to go check it out. So we'd uh, love to have you there. All right, Kenneth. Well, thank you so much. And everybody out there listening, go ahead and start buying, start selling, you know, get into Symbol. It's a really great thing and a very unique, um, very unique thing that, you know, that we're starting to see. So Kenneth, thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. 
And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West Football Podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.